This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Tour. Back again with you guys for another episode of what is the Arsenal Transfer Show. Joining you every morning at UK time. Hope you're doing good. Hope you're doing well. Thank you as always for making us a part of your morning routines. Very much appreciated and uh, I hope you've had a fantastic week so far. Nearly at the weekend now. Thank goodness. Uh, very much needed. Uh, this is going to be, uh, along with tomorrow, the last 8am shows uh, in these environments. I'll go off on uh, my other holiday. I say the last one wasn't really a holiday. It was kind of just a, a mini break, if you like. This one I'm away for uh, just under a week. Um, but depending upon the place's uh, Wi-Fi and ability to record a show, I'm hoping to still get an 8am show out to you all whilst I'm away, but uh, it may be dependent upon the resources that are there. Uh, good morning to those joining us in the chat box. Tony, Kaiser, Chris, Blackshine, Anz, Matt G, Ray, Stephen, Paul, Carl. Uh, we've got Morgie, Martin, Johnny, uh, Stevie, Ashwin, Red Star, Mr. E, Louis. Uh, let's go to... Uh, yeah, indeed. We're going to make plenty of signings, that Vinguna. Absolutely we are. Uh, cannot wait uh, to see who else comes in whilst I'm away and can't do anything about it. It's just and naturally it's gonna it's gonna happen let's uh jump into our stories for the today shall we uh first of all uh let me tell you about yesterday evening's uh show i did with james bench from cbs sports we talked a lot about the deals that we've done so far we talked about what deals we might still see going forwards um and the fact that arsenal are really in a kind of transfer heaven as such at this moment in time very much an exciting place to be as an Arsenal fan right now. So if you haven't already given that a watch, please do give it uh, a listen, a watch, uh, however you tune in. It's available on audio platforms, of course, as well. So do go and give it a listen. It was a very good conversation. Moving into today's stories, however, Emil Smith-Rowe uh, got an assist in England's 3-0 win over Israel in the under-21s Euro uh, semi-final, which means, of course, that Smith-Rowe and England will progress to the final. The final is set to take place, I believe, on Saturday. They will play against Spain um, in the final. And then, of course, Smith-Rowe will have a break, which means it's going to obviously impact quite significantly. So the um, kind of the schedule for his return on pre-season, he may have to join up with the team for the US tour a bit late. I'd be shocked if he's involved in the Germany uh, trip to play Nuremberg. Um, but who knows? Maybe there will be uh, a surprise and Smith will return early. But I think he'll be granted that additional holiday and uh, he'll be moving into you know an area where uh, we see him hopefully getting used, um, I suppose, to get ready for a new season where after he's impressed for the under-21s, he's going to be fantastic. I think there's loads to come from Smith-Rowe. I think last season was unfortunately um, a really unlucky season for him. But now we are going to see him hopefully again 
rekindle that form that he once had. Uh, Reese Nelson has now put pen to paper on a brand new four-year contract. Uh, his Arsenal deal also has an option within it to extend his stay with the club to beyond that of 2027 to 2028. It's been a deal that I think will certainly, I think anyway, kind of split people's opinions. I, for one, have said that it's nothing that Arsenal have to lose and everything that Nelson has to lose. This could be a contract that takes his career to a new level. It could be a contract which completely undermines the next four to five years if indeed he's a unused substitute, a player that's again on the periphery. I'm hoping that we can see Nelson reach new heights, new levels and uh, become a real asset for the club next season. Prove a lot of people wrong, prove me wrong. You know, I think I've had my doubts and still have some doubts about where his future lies. I don't think Arsenal got anything to lose in this one because in regards to a potential sale in the next year or two, if we want to sell him, we wouldn't have got any money for him. And it's really important to get sales for Hale graduates because they look really good on the financial books in that sense. So let's wait and see what happens. But Reese did sign his brand new contract yesterday and we wish him the absolute best in hoping that he can take things to new heights with the club going forward. PSG have activated the 60 mil- six million rather a buyback clause involved in Xavi Simmons's contract at PSV. However, uh, the move is not yet going to take place. Uh, Xavi Simmons has around 24 days, I think now, to decide his future. He has to allow PSG a certain amount of time before he has to tell them what he chooses to do because that uh, buyback clause expires, I think, at the end of July. He, only he, has uh, has got the opportunity to choose where he wants to go. Arsenal have said to have had an interest in the player and, of course, would have to pay a a significantly higher amount of money than the six million buyback that PSG have. However, Arsenal, if they do want the player, could use this potentially in negotiations to bring the price down somewhat. So let's wait and see what happens. I think there's an opportunity for a deal to be done there. And if I was Arsenal, I'd certainly be going and getting Xavi Simmons. I think he's a fantastically talented footballer and hope he's someone maybe that we see at Arsenal in the future. But no concrete suggestions that Arsenal are going to be moving for Xavi Simmons at this moment in time. Neil Jones, formerly of The Athletic, uh, speaking, I believe, to Court Offside, has been speaking about Romeo Lavia. He suggests that Arsenal will go quite strongly for Lavia once the deal for Declan Rice has been completed. The Rice deal, of course, as we know now, is uh, moving towards completion. A medical is scheduled for the end of this week, and we'll hopefully we'll see an announcement maybe over the weekend or earliest maybe on Friday. Uh, maybe even the start of next week. Maybe we'll be strong along to next week. We'll have to wait and see. Um, but Romeo Lavia continues to be kind of a conflictedly reported target. Some suggest there's no interest. Others say that there is. From my perspective, I've been told that there is certainly interest from Arsenal and the player. Whether or not they move, though, for him is another thing. But Neil Jones suggesting here that certainly that this is um, a player that Arsenal will go uh, quite strongly for, it seems, after the Rice deal is completed. Urien Timber's deal to Arsenal has been fully agreed now and he will fly to London to uh, to complete his medical and become Arsenal's third summer signing. A deal I've heard yesterday morning was agreed at around £40 million. David Ornstein reporting slightly later um early on in the afternoon that the fee actually was slightly less than that, uh, 40 million euros plus 5 million in add-ons, so around 38 million pounds total. I heard slightly differently in regards to the price. I know James Benj said on yesterday's show that he heard slightly differently as well regarding the price. So there's a little bit of discrepancy in sources 
um, on the price side of things. Um, but the fact of the matter is that Yuri and Timber will be an Arsenal player um, and Arsenal will get their defensive priority target along with their other two priority targets for the summer. Edu doing fantastic work in the original valuation from Ajax was around 60 million euros, which is an incredibly high amount of money. And uh, Arsenal managed to get that down considerably um, to that 40 to 45 million euro mark, which is a significant dip compared to what they initially wanted. And another example of why Arsenal lowball, another example of why Arsenal have gone through this negotiation process of pitting in lower bids so that they can get the player at a price tag that is more reflective of what they feel he's worth. And for all those that felt that we were too slow, that we were being, you know, we weren't urgent enough, why couldn't we just pay the money as people describe it this is the reason why arsenal don't just pay the money the reason why that happens is or the reason why we don't do that is so that we can get the players for a better amount of money and so we can therefore operate more successfully in the market as well so no more just pay the money you have to trust in the process that the that arsenal are doing what they're doing in the market to get the players done and and Arsenal have successfully done that for Havertz and now for Rice and for Timber as well but Arsenal aren't done in the market Arsenal are not expected to finish with just Yuri and Timber it's my understanding that Arsenal's interest in Jeremy Fringpong that was initially reported in Germany is genuine uh, Arsenal do indeed have an interest in the Dutch international right back uh, however, it is a very difficult deal for us to complete. Uh, he's got interest from a lot of clubs around Europe and in England as well. He's a player that wants to play regularly. And at Arsenal at right back, that is not a guarantee. Uh, and Timber coming in offers us something in that role as well as the right-sided centre-back position. We've already got Ben White, Tommy Asu. However, what I would say is that I think that there is scope for Tommy Asu to operate maybe more on the left-hand side this season. I think we might see that more often than we saw it last season. If we want to go a little bit more defensive, we might see Tommy Asu playing at left-back. And that could open up more scope for a signing like Frimpong. You know that I've been saying for quite some time that I do think that there is a space at right-back for Arsenal to bring in someone a bit different, someone that can offer them a bit more uh, offensively going into the final third. And certainly Frimpong fulfills that. Eight goals, seven assists in the Bundesliga last season was a brilliant tally and certainly um, certainly was a player that stood out amongst most last season as well. So if Arsenal can get hold of Jeremy Frimpong on top of the players they've already got, it really would be a massive coup for the club and one that I hopefully will, you know, tip off and cap off a brilliant, brilliant summer. In regards to other business, I think we might see that in kind of late July, August time. I think there's going to be a big focus now on players leaving the club. So that's going to be the next big focus. And you can be sure that we'll keep you up to date with everything that's going on in the world of Arsenal to that regards. Right, let's go to part two and your questions then right after this. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all new Cerebral way an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best 
With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. And the same goes at McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with Mook Delivery. Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Okay, uh, of course, part two, uh, which means we go into your questions very quickly, though, of course, continue. Thank you, everyone that does uh, support the uh, the Kansas McMillan Longest Day Golf Challenge that we're taking part in. For those that still uh, want to support and haven't yet, a link is down in the description. If you are from abroad and you want to show some support for this, you can send me a DM on social media at the Guna Talk TV, at Tom Cantor Media, and of course on uh, Instagram at the Guna Talk. So do get involved in those things as well. Right, uh, let's jump into the chat box, shall we, and tackle some of your questions. Um, Jaden says, how many players will we be able to sell and the amounts that we can get in total for them? Because you have said most of our players, clubs won't make a priority, so it's going to be harder to sell them. It is going to be very hard to sell some of them. You know, Cedric, I'd be surprised if you get anything, to be honest, for Cedric. Pepe, I'd be surprised if you get much at all uh, for Pepe, you know, as well. Um, Austin Trusty, you might get a few million pounds for. You know, Tavares, I think you're going to hopefully try to just get over what you paid for him just over a year ago, two years ago. Lukonga, I think it's going to be just over around 10 million or a loan probably for him. Rob Holding, probably under 10 million for him. Balogun and Tierney are the two assets that you look at financially and say they're the players that are going to earn you something. Thomas Partey potentially as well, although uh, James Ben yesterday on our show did talk in detail about Thomas Partey's potential sale and you know highlighted that they are only going to let Partey go if they get a serious bid and the bids that we've been hearing from the likes of Juventus around 20 million euros is certainly nowhere near the valuation that Arsenal would be willing to allow Thomas Partey to leave so they're going to need a significant offer from someone to allow him to go so what's this space on our outgoings but uh, I really don't see many of them earning us a significant amount of money and if they do move I do expect it to be more toward the end of the window for some of them that are the more tricky ones to to shift um, let's Crisio says Arsenal excluded which club is the most fun to watch in your opinion and why it's a really good question. I used to really like watching Sassuolo uh, under De Zerbi. Uh, that was a really uh, a fun side. And now, of course, Brighton have become a really exciting team to watch, unsurprisingly. So um, who else are kind of an exciting side to watch? Um, Raya Vallecano last season as well were quite exciting to watch, but now they've lost their coach as well. It's kind of down to coaches, I think. I think that's really important to say is that philosophies under coaches are really, really key. And that I think leans into uh, the excitement of what a team is is like, and and a lot of that is to do with the coach. So I think that's probably reflective in in those ones. Uh, John says, "Do you think Patino should play a larger part next season?" I think he's going to find it very tricky to do that, John. And I think the expectation is still that he will leave this summer on a permanent exit. That's what last we heard, anyway. But certainly, 
a very interesting player uh, and profile to continue to monitor during this window. Uh, Callum says, if we ended our transfer window with these three incomings, assuming we keep the core of our squad, how well do you think we'll do in 23-24? So if you're telling me that we keep Balogun, we keep Partey, we keep Tierney, and we've added these three... I think that's a great window that we've had, to be honest, um, to see what they would then be uh, capable of achieving. I think that would be a great thing. How would we get on? I think we would be able to better compete. I think the Champions League continues to be something to, to keep an eye on. It's a knockout competition. Anything can happen. And we're hopeful that we can go far in that competition as well. I mean, again, with something we talked about on yesterday's show, I look forward to seeing what Arsenal can do. But with it being a knockout competition, anything's possible. Let's wait and see uh, what ends up happening in... That competition, it's going to be an exciting season, I hope. Um, Wes says, what's the one thing that you think Arteta needs to improve on managerially going forward into next season to give us a better chance of being a more successful team in the new season? Uh, rotation and substitutions. They are the two key areas of Arteta's management that I think needs to be developed the most. He needs to be able to rotate more effectively. He, now has to, he needs to be able to substitute more effectively, both in terms of rest and in terms of changing a game tactically they're the, the areas that i look at and go that needs the most development in arteta's game ajmo4 says what actually happened at ben, to ben white at the world cup i don't know I, I don't know the answer to that question he was you know sent home early but i don't know the answer and there was a lot of speculation about that some really unfair speculation about that um but uh, it's not worth me speculating on because I don't know is the answer. Uh, Ian says, I can sign Kieran Tierney uh, to a one-year extension and then go on loan to Celtic for a year. What are your thoughts? I don't see how that benefits Arsenal, to be honest at all. So, no, I don't think so, Ian. Uh, Leeds Gunner says, uh, could Kieran Tierney be kept if we were going to invert from the right side and have him as the overlapping left-back? I mean, obviously, that potentially is something that we could do. What I would say is that we inverted from the left side and we didn't have an overlapping option on the right. You know, it was it was, it was was Ben White, it was Tommy Asu. They aren't overlapping style fullbacks. So the system doesn't necessarily just switch if you use Kieran Tierney and Timber. Um, I think it's more likely that you'd need someone different. I think you'd more likely stick with that, you know, Tommy Asu and White rather than Timber if you've got Kieran Tierney on the other side. So I'm not sure it necessarily works because, you know, even though we inverted on the left, Ben White and, and Tommy weren't the, the type to do what Kieran Tierney's going to do, you know, on the left-hand side. So I don't think that works. Uh, Slingshot Dave says, do you think Arteta will rotate regularly to keep everyone match fit? I think those that were brought in at the end of last season lacked match fitness. I agree with you, Slingshot Dave. And I also think that he will rotate more regularly. How successful it is, though, I don't know. We haven't got much evidence to suggest that he can do it really successfully yet. As I say, it's the biggest area of his game that I think he has to develop. Um, Matt G says, Tom, why are selling players so different? Just take the money. Oh, no, Matt. It's just, it just should be just like it going to a boot fair. And, you know, when you go to boot fairs, everyone at boot fairs certainly does see all of the things on their desk gone by the end of it, don't they? <laughs> some of the rubbish you see at those um it's a good it's actually quite a good analogy uh Clinton says tom wouldn't be bringing in a new right back just add unnecessary numbers to the squad available who can play that position like white tommy asu timber saliba i'm not sure saliba involved in that right back suggestion um for me i think there's a gap there that offers variation i think you know on the left hand side we've got four tierney zinchenko tommy asu kivior and on the right hand side we could have four options as well in white uh, Tommy Asu, Timber, and Frimpong. So I don't think there's necessarily 
uh, unnecessary numbers. I think it's all about options and variation, having different style of players to unlock different teams and give you more options. I found it really frustrating last season where we needed a goal and the substitution at right back was White off and Tommy Asu on. And I don't think that White off and Timber on makes that much difference. I don't think it makes loads of difference, but I might be wrong. I think that Frimpong makes a significant difference in style if you were to bring him in instead of White and add something different to a certain fixture that you might need that player for. Um, Dan says, Tom, thoughts on having the option of going to a back three with Timber, Zinchenko, Rice, Martin Havertz as our beloved front three. Uh, I like our versatility. I think that we already do that, Dan, to be honest. I think it's a big misconception that we play a back four. I think we already play a back three. I think Zinchenko's just kind of played in on paper at left back. He's very much more a midfielder than he is a defender. Yes, he drops into that left half space, but that's what Granite Xhaka did for a lot of the time when he was playing in the midfield when we used to play a back three of Maitland-Niles on that left wing back role. Xhaka used to drop in to that left back spot all the time. So I think that Zinchenko already kind of plays a midfield role of sorts and that we play a pretty much a back three most of the time anyway. Um, Tony says, Tom, have you noticed that players we were interested in, like the likes of Caicedo, Vlahovic, etc., we don't seem to be interested in now, allegedly? Certainly the interest in Caicedo lingered. We haven't made a move for him, and I'd be surprised if we did, but who knows? Don't rule it out. Vlahovic moved, of course. He went somewhere else, so it's a bit different. He went to Juventus. Um, it wasn't like he stayed at Fiorentina. It's not like Caicedo where he stayed at the club that we were trying to buy him from. Vlaovic actually moved. So the the interest naturally you think would be different. If there still is an interest, it's not very strong that you'd think we'd make a move for him at the moment though. Um, Momad Demix says, uh, Hi Tom, do you think with the additions that we have made, we can have a strong start to the season or will there be more of a challenge from the others who faulted last season? I feel like we maybe need a striker. Um I think that maybe a striker is something that still is needed, although I don't think this summer is the time that you'll necessarily see it. I did a piece that's gone out this morning looking at how I think Leandro Trossard is being very much overlooked as a player in the team right now. He did a fantastic job when he played at centre-forward in last season. He got something like six assists in five games, you know. So I don't think that it's wildly... Uh, mad to suggest that Jesus, Trossard, Havertz and Ketia are centre-forward options for next season. Who knows? Maybe Balogun will still be here and build, and his mind might be changed. We'll have to wait and see. But uh, it's difficult to know how we'll start. It's difficult to know what other teams will do. It's near impossible to predict. So let's let's wait and see, as I like to say. Uh, Darren says, what role will El Elneny play next season? Realistically, how many games do you see him playing? Not many. Not many for El Nenny <laughs> next season. I don't think that he's going to have many at all. I think that he's there. He's he's obviously he was injured. He's now back in training. They offered him a new contract because they're a classy club. You know, it's not a doesn't affect our squad really in any way. Giving El Nenny a new deal, and it was the right thing to do. And he still offers something to us. So if we have those League Cup games or we have a midweek game, we desperately have to rotate or we have a really significant injury crisis, he can come in. But I wouldn't be expecting to play more than like 500, 600 minutes maybe next season. Um, and I'm sure he'll be okay with that. Otherwise, he wouldn't have signed his brand new contract. So you have to take that into consideration. Um, Penny Wynn says, don't waste money on Super Chats. Donate instead, he says, in a Super Chat. Yeah, very, very ironically funny, Penny Wynn. Um, Owen says, who is the best ITK account on Twitter? Not a genuine journalist, but an ITK account. Well, it's I think it's got to be Team News and Ticks, is it not? I don't think there's a better one out there. I think Team News and Ticks. The benefit, right, of accounts like TNAT uh, is that 
you can kind of post stuff without a face. And some people might ask the question sometimes, how do these ITK accounts know more than the journalists? And one of the reasons behind that is that when you work behind uh, anonymity, is that you can you can kind of just tweet stuff out um, without it necessarily getting back to a source that you've tweeted out. Um, from a journalist perspective, you build up. If you go and watch, right? So if you go and watch our conversation we did with Ben Jacobs and you last you listen to the last fifteen minutes of that show, he explains it really well about the whole process of gathering information as a journalist about transfers and things that you find out that you can't say things that you find out that you that really shock you and you can't report but if you're an itk and you work behind a, a shroud of anonymity you know it's a lot easier to say things like if if you say that someone's at a medical or someone's been shown round colney or you've been told by somebody at the, uh, that works at the club for instance is, is your source or you have someone who's an agent of a player or a close family member and you get told things and you run an itk account that's run behind anonymity you it's a lot easier for you to post things like that if you're a journalist that has a name attached to your account and you then report information that you've been told in confidence you're never going to get any further updates or insight from that source again and you're never going to get told things that you can then report as well so i think that that's the way that it works that's the world that we live in people will criticize journalists for maybe not being as well connected as some of those itk accounts that can tweet information willy-nilly and look, i have a lot of respect for them to be fair because some of them are very very well connected indeed like team news and ticks for example fantastic amount of information i recommend you go follow them because i can tell you that they are very well connected indeed um but uh from a journalist point of view i always find it a little bit sordid when you see criticisms uh of a journalist not maybe getting to the punch as quick i think there was an account yesterday that um let me find the account where it was i know that team news and tick certainly did highlight the account um where is it where is it where is it so john grayling was the account at grayling for john on twitter they tweeted out um basically before it was they tweeted out on june 9 no when was it june 19th at 10 23 p.m Arsenal have bid for Yuri and Timber. That was when those. So remember that. It's June 19th, 10.23 p.m. David Ornstein, let me find uh, who is, by the way, you know, without a doubt, an icon in terms of journalism and certainly an idol for me and someone I look up to massively. Um, he tweeted about Yuri and Timber and the bid. Let me just try and find that tweet when it was... Um, Twitter's going to really mug me off here. I'm not going to be able to find it. Um, here it is. Yep. Oh, no. Oh, it's so annoying. That's not the right tweet. I know this is really exciting viewing for you all. <laughs> but uh, the tweet basically from David Ornstein came about half an hour. It was around 11 o'clock at night about the first bid that we'd made for Urian Timber. But this account, John Grayling, tweeted about it half an hour before. It's got no picture. Um, they've tweeted 24 times. You know, it's sometimes people just hear things, they tweet them out and they've got close friends or they've got a contact at the club. And yeah, it was, yeah, as MM says, it was 30 minutes before David reported the story. And sometimes that happens. And you, when you work behind a, a veil of anonymity, it's a lot easier to, to, to sometimes post information 
sucks for the journalist point of view, you know, because you work really hard to get the source. Like that Jeremy Frimpong information, you know, that I, I dug to try and find out and cross-reference and double source yesterday, for instance, that I put out uh, on FL. Like, I don't put out too many stories. Um, it's it's. I'd much rather be right than first. It feels great being first, of course. It sucks when you've got information and you know of it before the first reports go out and you're working to try and like confirm it, double confirm it or whatever, and you can't get those reports out until it's been reported elsewhere. Um, it sucks, but that's the way it works. You know, you, you need to be sure you don't want to get things wrong. If you get things wrong, it can be a long way back to kind of recover from being wrong about something. So yeah, uh, certainly uh, it's, it's a tough, it's a tough old business. I, I, for me, for one, like, like the whole club side of things, like, knowing about injuries, knowing about when players are coming back, knowing about if someone was in training, knowing um, if someone's signing a new contract, you know, club side things. That That's kind of my bread and butter, what I, prefer, what I prefer to kind of develop more sources around. Transfers are so volatile, such a thankless task to report on that it's, it's difficult. Um, so there you go. Sean says, Tom, if you broke an exclusive piece of news, would that give you clout in the footballing world? That word clout is funny. I think for a lot of people, if you're a journalist, you know, you're always looking to, if you can get that big scoop, that big story, a big exclusive, you know, that, that's always going to be, that's always the, 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 I don't know, the holy grail, isn't it? Like kind of a comparative tool, but that's always going to be, is, is being someone that can get to something first, that can get a scoop of information and, and tweet it out, certainly you're going to gain more notoriety. You'll see aggregators calling you tier one, you know, things like that. And, you know, I've been in this business for three years. You know, I'm really, really new um, into this. I saw the article, I saw John, John uh, Chicago John, who's in our TGT WhatsApp group, sent me a message of one of the comments that was left on Reddit after someone posted my story about Jeremy Frimpong on Reddit. And one of the comments was, who the F is Tom Canton? And, you know, that's that's part of things, isn't it? That That's un- that's unfortunately, I have to live with that. I can't expect people to just respect, you know, my stories straight away because you have to build up that reputation. You've got to build up those, you've got to build up that credibility. So, you know, I was, I've been told the Jeremy Frimpong interest is very much genuine um who knows if Arsenal move for him on later on in the window they may they may not it's just interest I'm told at the moment um then obviously if they were to go and sign him it would add a lot of credibility to that story if they don't end up signing him then I won't get anything back from that story you know it's just one of those things but uh yeah it's it's uh it's a very difficult uh transfers are a very difficult business uh to report on very difficult indeed uh mickey says what's your thoughts on chuamene's rumors arsenal could be using uh proxies to test madrid's resolve do we need, still need a harland type number nine even with Havertz? we should be prepping to go out this season um chuamene i don't know too much <laughs> about that at all i don't know why real madrid would sell him I don't know why they would sell him at all. To be honest, it doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever. I think they've got a great core of midfielders there in Camavinga, Chuameni, Bellingham, um, Valverde, Sabah still there, of course, too. They don't need to... They, You know, Modric and Cruz are going to move on in the near future, you'd imagine. So why they would let him go, I don't know. And do we need a Haaland type number nine? I think, you know, if you could sign Erling Haaland, of course. It seems almost happenstance. If you could sign someone as good as Erling Haaland, why wouldn't you do that? 
Um, so I think that that's relatively easy. Um, <laughs> Slingshot Dave says, I work the security at London Colney. I can't talk about the things I know because I would lose my job and I love it. Well, there you go, Dave. First of all, congrats. You may have seen me drive through the gates of London Colney sometimes. If you have, say hello when I'm there next. Um, but uh, it's, you're absolutely spot on, mate. You're, like, you're absolutely spot on. Like You, you do see things. Um, I remember, it doesn't matter now because the season's finished. I remember when I was doing the, um, I was at the open training session. It was before the sporting game. And uh, as we were walking out to the training pitches at London Colney, Kieran Tinney came the other way with his hood up um, in his full tracksuit. Um, and we were, we were looking around at each other like, hold on, training's about to start. You know, why is Kieran Tinney kind of... And at the, that time, you can't speculate on that. It's very difficult to speculate on that. And so, you know, when we are, we had to speak to people at the club and kind of get an, an answer about it. And we didn't get an answer straight away on that story. Eventually, it turned out that he wasn't well. Um, and so he missed the game through illness. Um, sometimes you, you'll see things. And I'm sure, you know, for people that do work at the club, they would will know about that. And they can't say anything. Because at the end of the day, the club don't want necessarily to be able to give team news away. They're contractually obliged to open up training sessions to the media, to do press conferences. But if it was up to the club, would do, they, do you think they would probably want to, to give as much away. I'm sure they want to keep as much a secret as they can because it gives them as much of an advantage as they can. But because everyone does press conferences, everyone does open training sessions, the idea is that it's a level playing field still and you can give away as much as you can give away. I remember being at the first training session where Gabriel Jesus returned. You know, I think he was in the training session before the sporting game. He didn't travel for that game. He didn't play in that game. But when I was at, when I was at that um, training session, certainly... When we discovered that uh, that he was there, that was that was massive. Um, chat box. Uh, I'm trying to take some questions. Um, what's that in regards to? Um, I'll have a look and see if I can see it. Um, Nick says one bad slash poorly informed tweet, and a respected journalist can uh, get ridiculed. Look, Chris has obviously got very good connections. Um, Chris has got some fantastic uh, connections, and obviously. Uh, is now working hard at London World, I think it is. And, uh, you know, so sometimes people get stuff wrong at the end of the day and people make mistakes. You're human. Uh, it's part of what it is, you know. So, unfortunately, that's the way that it goes. Um, right. We are going to wrap the show up there. Thank you so much for tuning in. It's very much appreciated. Do drop a like on the video. Do subscribe to the channel if you're new around here with those notifications turned off um uh if you want to miss a show but if you want to make sure you make every show turn the notifications on i don't know why i would say turn them off <laughs> that's my brain going weird um but thank you so much everyone that's listened i'll be back later on this evening um make sure that you do indeed tune in uh i'll be joined by a very favorite guest of ours uh this evening so looking forward to that and also make sure you listen to the arsenal vision podcast when it is released later on um Hint, hint. Uh, have a fantastic day, people. I'll see you on the Arsenal way at 10. And as always, up the Arsenal. And keep those notifications on, <laughs> please. <laughs>
perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your delivery. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.